Welcome back to Sentient Future. This is episode 11. Today we continue our look at the sentient worldview and wrap up the second skill, sensing context. Specifically, the capstone topic within sensing context is influence, or power. We'll discuss the six different types of influence and some useful ways to think about the level of influence you have over your context and the level of influence your context has on you. As a quick aside, something I haven't mentioned yet. Most, if not all, of the foundational material for the sentient worldview comes from established studies, whether it's published scientific research or cohesive and broadly accepted ideas. Again, my goal with Sentient Future is to help you live more intentionally, and it's really the combination of these diverse ideas into a single worldview that you'll find useful. I aim to show how these ideas work together so that our approach to life is self-reinforcing. If it's not sustainable and practical, we're simply going to lose our way. So let's dive into influence. In 1959, social psychologists John French and Bertram Raven identified five bases of power. We will use the term influence instead of power because the context involves more than just people. And then in 1965, French and Raven added a sixth influence. The six types of influence are legitimate, reward, expert, referent, coercive, and informational. Here's a brief description of each. Legitimate influence is effectively control over your context. Examples of legitimate influence include having authority at work uh, or having direct control over your own possessions. Reward is influence you have over others because you can compensate them if they do what you want. On the harmless end of the spectrum, this can be, you know, paying a neighbor's child $20 to mow your lawn. On the more harmful end of the spectrum, this is bribery. Expert influence is when you have education or experience that convinces others you know best. Consultants and scholars usually fall under this category. Referent influence, on the other hand, is held by people that we admire or look up to. Those with referent influence don't necessarily have the education or experience to suggest that they know best, but we listen to those with referent influence because we like who they are and, to a certain extent, want to mimic them. The most common examples of those with referent influence are celebrities, and this is why a lot of ad agencies will use celebrities to endorse a product even if the celebrity's knowledge of the product is a bit of a stretch. Those with coercive influence are similar to those with reward influence, except instead of having the ability to compensate someone for acting the way that you'd like them to, you have the ability to punish them for not acting the way you want them to. In its most innocent form, this could be a parent withholding dessert because their child didn't finish their dinner. In its most harmful form, this is extortion. And the final type of influence is informational. When you have information others need, you have an influence on them. A common example of this these days is demographic information that a large social platform may have. Facebook and Google gather this data to increase their informational influence and then sell it to advertisers. And so before we talk about so what in this episode, Next, we should talk about how these six types of influence interact with the four major components of context. 
our social network, our location, culture, and resources. Our social network and culture are more people-focused, and so these six types of influence have more direct impact. Location and resources, on the other hand, are less inherently about people, and so our influence on them is more indirect. Our social network and culture are best affected positively, ideally by expert or referent influence. Reward and coercive influence is less likely to be successful long-term. Our location and resources are better influenced with data, which is usually reached with expert or informational influence. Of course, decisions about location and resources are often made by those with legitimate influence, such as managers and business owners. It might also help to consider a ranking of the six types of influence in terms of their long-term sustainable positive benefit uh, or impact on your ability to live intentionally. In decreasing order of effectiveness, this is how I would rank the six types of influence. Expert, informational, referent, legitimate, reward, and coercive. I put expert at the top because it's earned and you don't really lose influence after you've shared your views. In that sense, it's more sustainable. I ranked informational influence second because it's more reliable and more objective. That said, you typically lose influence once you share that information, so it's less sustainable. I rank referent influence third because at least it leaves people with a good feeling, some form of standard to aspire to. That said, popularity can be fleeting if not backed up by substance and so it's not that sustainable either. Legitimate influence takes the fourth spot in this effectiveness list, primarily because it involves direct orders or control, which doesn't leave people with a particularly good feeling. Legitimate influence is more sustainable, especially if we're talking about roles in the workplace, but there is a possible consequence of damaging relationships. Reward and coercive influence take the 5th and 6th spots, respectively, simply because they're so short-lived and, and not a guarantee. Even signed contracts are difficult to enforce sometimes. And if a part of a reward is paid up front, there is no guarantee that the work will be completed. And then finally, coercive influence, whether it's a threat or whether it's extortion, simply just has a pretty profound negative impact on all those involved. And now we come to my favorite part of every episode. So what? When we are sensing our context, why is it important to consider our influence on the four elements? Our social network, our location, our culture, and our resources. In short, exerting influence on other people or on other things takes energy, takes time, it takes resources. If you don't have enough of a particular type of influence to affect other people's beliefs or behaviors, then trying is likely a waste of time and resources which could better be spent either on a different form of influence or on achieving your goals in another way. When considering influencing others, three key questions you might consider asking yourself include, will this be effective? For how long will this be effective? And am I better off spending my resources elsewhere? Some of you may recognize that if you're better off 
spending your resources elsewhere, that that is an opportunity cost. And then what about your context's influence on you? How affected are you by your social network, either by its structure, the types of people you have access to, or you know the inherent personalities, friends, family, co-workers, and the like? Do you care what they think? And if there are particular cultural norms around you, how intentionally do you follow them? Do you do so because that's the way it's always been done, or do you do so for a legitimate reason? When we talk about location having an influence on us, you know, we can think of weather. Well, we have very little influence on the weather, but it has quite a profound influence on us, certainly depending on the nature of our activity. An example being rain on an outdoor wedding. Or perhaps you have a physical disability. Buildings with poor accessibility have an influence on you. And then you can think about the influence of resources on your life. How valuable is additional time or additional money to you? If you have lots of time and lots of money, then additional time and money don't have a lot of influence on you. You can also think about the influence that access to resources has on you. One example includes banking hours. So that concludes our discussion of influence over the four elements of your context, and actually the sensing context skill altogether within the sentient worldview. I'd like to know what influence do you have on your context, or does your context have on you? I welcome your call-ins and your thoughts. Until next time, live intentionally, Sentient Future signing out.